0: Heavenly Father, we do indeed thank you this morning for your great love for us. And we thank you for the way you've shown that love by giving us your word, which tells us so much about yourself and so much about your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that we may understand this morning more about Jesus and may our love for him be deepened and strengthened as we consider again what he has done for us. And Lord, if there is anyone here this morning who has not believed in Jesus Christ, we pray that you may touch their heart this morning, transform them to be a lover of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Well, do you know what it is to be locked in and want freedom? To be locked in to a room in particular and to want to get out? We've started to use, well, we've been using it for a while, the disciplinary technique of time-out with our son Joshua, that we put him, when he's being particularly naughty, in a room and shut the door. It used to be his bedroom, but then he started toilet training and we were worried about accidents uh, whilst he was vigorously upset. And so now he gets locked in the bathroom as a time-out place because it's much easier to clean up uh, mistakes from tiles than carpet. So it is uh, a disciplinary technique we use and he really doesn't like it. He doesn't like being locked in. He wants to get out. And I think that's natural for us. If we get locked in, we do not like it. We do not like to be imprisoned. We want to be released. We do not like to be given time out by anyone. This morning we're going to look at Jesus as he's been put in time out, as he's been arrested. Uh, in the account of John's gospel, which we've been looking at uh, each Easter. I come back to this passage uh, in John chapter 18. And we've been looking at how Jesus has become arrested. And then he's been on trial with, of course, the Jews and then with Pilate, Pilate, the Roman governor. And now it gets to a point where Jesus has clearly been arrested and a verdict has been reached by Pilate as to what, Jesus' uh, state is and whether he is innocent or whether he is guilty and deserves to be kept in prison. And now we're going to look at what happens next. What happens to Jesus as he's been arrested, as he's been imprisoned here? What happens next to him? Could he actually get his freedom? Is it possible that he could be released and allowed to go free? Well, yes, it is possible. Why? Why? because Pilate has found him not guilty. And that brings me to my first main point this morning. My main points are on the back of the bulletin if you want to follow along. My first main point this morning is that Pilate did not want Jesus to be punished. He's in a bit of a bind, though. He doesn't want Jesus to be punished, but he knows that the Jews want him to be punished. And so he's got to make a decision. What happens here? How can I uh, stay true to justice and also stay true to these Jews and keep them happy. He knows that Jesus is indeed innocent. We see that back in verse 38. Verse 38 of John chapter 18, page 1072. Pilate says, uh, we see in verse 38, What is truth, Pilate asked. With this he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. I find no basis for a charge against him. He knows that Jesus is innocent. And so... He needs to set Jesus free if he's going to be just. But then he's got these Jews baying for Jesus' blood. So what's he going to do? Well, then Pilate has a bright idea. What's his bright idea? It's this Jewish custom that we read about in John chapter 18. It comes as a ray of hope to him. Verse 39, But it is your custom for me to release to you one prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? This custom comes as a possible way for Pilate to kill two birds with one stone. How can he do this? Well, he can convict Jesus like the Jews want him to. He can say, yes, this guy is a criminal and I've convicted him. He is guilty. And we see that he even is alluding to that by the way that he describes Jesus in verse 39. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? As though he's come to the conclusion that Jesus is indeed claiming to be a king and therefore committing treason against the Romans. So he's saying, yes, he is guilty. But then this custom allows him to appease the Jews by saying, yes, he's guilty, but then let Jesus go. So then his conscience can be clear that he has made sure that an innocent innocent man goes free, that an innocent man doesn't stay in time out, doesn't stay in prison, doesn't get killed for something that he didn't do, but he can still say to the Jews, yes, yes, he is a criminal. And so this Jewish custom comes as a ray of hope to Pilate. And so he asked this question in verse 39, Do you want me to release the king of the Jews according to this custom that we have? This custom where each Passover, in an act of great favour from me as a Roman governor, I release a prisoner to you to keep you all happy. Does this work, though? Did Pilate's plan work? No. And that brings me to my second main point. The Jews wanted Jesus to be punished. They still wanted him to be punished. The Jews refused to have Jesus released, instead, the Jews want somebody else released. who do they want released? was this man called Barabbas? We see in verse forty they shouted back, "No, not him, give us Barabbas now Barabbas had taken part in a rebellion. Who is this Barabbas? Well, John tells us that he had taken part in a rebellion uh, the word there Uh, can actually be translated as sort of a violent robber, someone who's not a thief who comes in sort of in the cloak of darkness at night, but someone who brings a gun, not that Barabbas would have had a gun, but someone who brings some sort of violent implement to rob someone. And it's also possible that it could be translated as a rebel, uh, but the other Gospels also tell us about Barabbas that he was a murderer And they also use a word uh, that is more specific to rebellion. And so that's why John's Gospel, the translators here in the NRV have leaned more towards rebel there. But it's probable that he was all three. He was a murderer, he was a, a bandit, a violent robber, and he was a rebel. Because often that's what rebels did. They participated in rebellions so that they could get some money. And while they were doing that, they ended up killing people. And so it is very probable that Barabbas was all three. He was a violent bandit, a violent robber, he was a murderer, and he was a rebel. And so it's not surprising then that Matthew calls him notorious, an infamous person, someone who is very, very bad indeed. And the fact then, if this guy is so bad that the Jews want him to be released, shows how much they hate Jesus, how much they want Jesus to die. Pilate would not have expected that they wanted Barabbas. Otherwise, if he had thought that they would want Barabbas, he wouldn't have raised it as an option to release Jesus. No, it's quite clear that he did not expect them to want Barabbas. Why would he not want the Jew not expect the Jews to want Barabbas? Well, firstly, they're not supposed to like rebels. The Jewish leaders' problem with Jesus is what? What do they cite as their problem? That he's a rebel. He's setting up his own kingdom. We don't like rebels. We don't want people to be rebels in the Roman uh, city here in Jerusalem. And so they've condemned him as a king of the Jews. He's claiming to be a king. We actually see that further on in, in John chapter 19, verse 12. What did they say? From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free, but the Jews kept shouting, if you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. They're not supposed to like people who are rebels like Barabbas, causing problems and setting up their own little kingdoms in Jerusalem. They're not supposed to like that. And we see that Pilate, in his questioning of Jesus, has been focused on this fact. The charge is that you're claiming to be a king. You're claiming to be a rebel. That's why you've been handed over, Jesus. And so then, of course, he would not expect Barabbas to be someone that the Jews would want, because he is a rebel, which is what Jesus has been condemned for being. But obviously the Jews don't have that much of a problem with rebels after all, if they want Barabbas, showing that their problem with Jesus is not that he claims to be a king, but something else. And the other Gospels tell us what the true motive is of the, the Jews is. It's out of envy. They are envious of Jesus and the power that he has with the people. So many people are flocking to him. So many people are trusting in him. So many people are listening to what he says and particularly those things that he says about the religious leaders. And they're not nice things that Jesus has to say. And it's out of envy that they want Jesus killed. It's got nothing to do with rebels because we see that they want Barabbas if they didn't want Barabbas well then maybe we would think that they really do have a problem with rebellion but no their problem with Jesus is something else and the other reason so the first reason we think that uh, that the Jews wouldn't want Barabbas is because he's a rebel the second reason is because he's a murderer he's a criminal and the Jewish religious leaders are meant to be what for they're meant to be all for the law. They're meant to be all for justice. They're meant to live by the Ten Commandments. And Barabbas has clearly broken number six, you shall not murder, and clearly broken the number eight as well. He's a thief, which obviously means he's broken number ten, that he should not covet, because he's actually wanted things that other people have. He's clearly a criminal. He's clearly someone that should be punished. And so what should the Jewish religious leaders be wanting for Barabbas? They should be wanting punishment. They should not want him to go free. But instead we see that they want him because they really don't want Jesus. They have a big problem with Jesus. And so what ends up happening here? The Jewish religious leaders compound one sin upon another. They condemn an innocent man, which is pretty bad in itself, and then they also, secondly, let a guilty man go free. They had the opportunity to let the innocent man go, but instead they make sure he stays and that the guilty one actually goes free instead. So this is what happens here in these last verses of John chapter 18. What can we draw from this? Well, strangely, this whole experience that we see here with Barabbas is a picture of what is really happening at the cross. What is actually taking place at the cross. Because it's not just the Jews that want Jesus to be crucified. Somebody else does. And that brings me to my third main point this morning. God wanted Jesus to be punished. Pilate didn't want Jesus to be punished. The Jews did. And God wanted Jesus to be punished. God the Father wanted Jesus to die at the cross. That's why he sent him into the world. Otherwise, he wouldn't have sent him. He planned for Jesus to die at the cross. God willed that Jesus would go to the cross. It was God's will that caused him to go to the cross, that Jesus submitted to the hands of these authorities. Why would God do that? Why would he send his son to the cross? Why would he want him to be crucified? Well, it's because at the cross, something happened more than simply an innocent man being crucified by some Roman authorities and by the Jewish religious leaders. At the cross, God's wrath was poured out upon Jesus for all those who sinned, and then trust that Jesus died for them. Something greater was happening at the cross than simply an innocent man being crucified. Instead, we know that God's wrath is being poured out upon him. And so this whole situation with Barabbas serves as a great metaphor for the truth of the cross. Barabbas, the sinner, goes free, and Jesus, the innocent man, is punished, is crucified. And so that then leads me to my next main point, my fourth main point this morning. You should want Jesus to be punished. As sad as it is to read of an innocent man being crucified in such a horrible way, it has to be the case if you are to go free. It's easy to have some sort of righteous superiority to these Jewish leaders here and think you wouldn't have condemned Jesus to the cross. But you must if you are to go free from your sins. You mustn't ask for Barabbas instead of Jesus if you are to go free. Instead you must recognize that Jesus must go to the cross and you go free. Because that's what you are. You are Barabbas. You are a murderer You're a rebel, you're a thief, maybe not in the same way that Barabbas was, but every time you've been angry with someone, you've become a murderer. Every time you've coveted something, you've become a thief. And every time you've sinned, you've become a rebel against God. You've disobeyed his laws. And you may have even rebelled against the state, probably not in the same way that Barabbas has, but there's lots of ways that we can rebel against the state as Barabbas, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a, a, a vein of Barabbas' rebellion. You are Barabbas. And if you are to go free as Barabbas did and not be punished for eternity for your sins, not be locked up in prison, put in time out forever, then you must want Jesus to be punished. But it's terrible to think that you would want an innocent man to be punished for your sins. But you need to remember a couple of things. Firstly, Jesus can take it. Jesus is not just a man, he is fully God as well. And he is infinite then, and he can take God's wrath. Not just for you, but for many people through history. He can take all that wrath that God has against your sin, he can take it upon his shoulders. He can bear it. Whereas you, if you experience the wrath of God for your sin, you will never get up. You can't get up after God's wrath pours out upon you. Whereas Jesus can And so as horrible as it is to think that you condemn an innocent man to the cross so that you can go free like Barabbas went free, you've got to remember that Jesus can take it. And he, secondly, is willing to do so. It's not like you're forcing Jesus to the cross. Jesus lovingly goes to the cross on your behalf. He wants to die for you. And so if you go free and Jesus is punished... It is not because Jesus didn't want to. And so it's not as bad as it sounds that you would put an innocent man there. Because that innocent man loves to do that for you. And he is an, in, an innocent man who can do it and survive. Whereas you, if you face your maker and still have sin upon your shoulders, you can't survive. You'll be destroyed for eternity. So have you done that? Have you asked that Jesus be punished and you go free like Barabbas went free? That Jesus takes your place? Have you done that? Have you accepted Jesus' death for you? You might be asking, how do you do that? Well, how do you do it? You repent of your sins and believe that Jesus died. And if you believe that Jesus died for you as the innocent one, then you automatically are free. You are one who no longer has a robe of unrighteousness on you, but instead you have a robe of righteousness. Jesus' righteousness is put to your account. So I encourage you this morning, if you've never asked that you as Barabbas go free and Jesus be punished, do it now. Don't delay. Because if you die today, you will face your maker and that wrath will last for all of eternity. Do not let that happen. Instead, allow Jesus... To be punished on your behalf, but there's also another sense here this morning in which we should shouldn't want Barabbas to go free. there's a part of us where we do want Barabbas to go free, us to go free, but there's another part there's another way that we shouldn't want Barabbas to go free, that we should want Jesus to be punished that 's my fifth main point this morning. You should not want Jesus to be punished. My fourth main point was that you should want Jesus to be punished. My fifth main point is the exact opposite. You should not want Jesus to be punished. Now how does that work? How can you do both? Well, firstly, as a non Christian, you should want Jesus to be punished. And secondly, once you've accepted that and you get to my fifth main point, you should not want Jesus to be punished. How do you bring that about? Well, you don't sin as a Christian. Every time you sin, Jesus suffers. He suffers in the past. It's retrospective. It's a bit hard to get your head around. But if you sin today, Jesus suffers for that sin so that you can go free. And if you're a Christian, you should not want that to happen. You should want Jesus to suffer as little as possible because he is so wonderful and because you are upset that an innocent man was crucified In your place, and so you should want to minimize the suffering that is put upon his shoulders. Every time you sin otherwise, you're as bad as these religious leaders. You're saying, Give me Barabbas and crucify Jesus. I would rather have my sinful self and the sinful actions that I want to do and Jesus be punished. And so then you become like one of these religious leaders, shouting out, No, not him, not Jesus, give us Barabbas, give me my sin. I would much rather sin than have, and Jesus be punished, than for Jesus to not be punished, and for me to avoid the sin that I want to do. So, when you face temptation today, when you face temptation tomorrow, and the day after, and the day after that, to sin, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose Barabbas, or are you going to choose Jesus? Are you going to say, not him meaning Barabbas or yourself, but Jesus, I choose Jesus, I want Jesus to have as little suffering as possible because of how wonderful he is. Is that what you're going to do when you face temptation today? When you face temptation tomorrow? Are you going to choose Jesus? Because you should. If you've done what my fourth main point said, you should want Jesus to be punished, then you'll be so grateful that he was punished for your sin that you won't want him to be punished any further. You should choose Jesus. Is that what you're going to do? When you consider this story about Barabbas, what do you do? Do you choose that Barabbas is set free and so that you are set free? And then secondly, choose Jesus and that your sinful self, the sin that you want to, to indulge in, to delight in, you make sure that sin goes to the cross and is crucified rather than Jesus crucified so that you can delight in that sin. What is it you're going to do When you face temptation, choose Christ or choose sin. Let's speak with our God now. Heavenly Father, we do thank you so much for sending your son to die, that you wanted him to die, that when the Jews and Pilate arrested him and crucified him, that this was not out of accordance to your plan, that you wanted him to go and that he willingly died. Lord, we pray that we may accept his death. May you indeed give us eternal life, give us forgiveness of sins, and Jesus be punished on our behalf. But Lord, once we've done that, may we also want to minimise the suffering that Jesus experiences. When faced with the temptation to sin, May we always choose Christ and not sin, not Barabbas, not our sinful selves, but choose to do what is right so that Jesus, our great friend, our great high priest, does not suffer any further for our sin. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.